Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker. Ice-bound couches. Sports Radio 92.7 <laughs> WFNZ. We were having a completely off-the-wall conversation about Ghostface Killer, about Supreme Clientele, how his rhymes don't make any sense, and how that was kind of an epiphany, it feels like, over the last five years. And so Wes is hitting you with some nonsense as we hop onto the <laughs> mic. We might be spitting that nonsense from 12 to 3 here on Wesson Walker, like yes. we always do. And then we'll bring you to Kyle Bailey from three to six on a Panthers Friday. We're having a lot of fun. I'm excited to get to this Carolina Panther game against the Atlanta Falcons to open up the season. A lot of storylines. We have one right now, Brian Burns. When is he going to sign that contract? Is he going to sign that contract? Is he going to miss any games? Is he going to miss this game? Still lots of questions surrounding the star pass rusher here in Carolina. Now, overall, we all want to see what Bryce Young is going to do as the number one overall pick. So that's going to be exciting. We'll also have Stefania Bell to talk about some injuries later on in the show. Marquise Williams, former North Carolina Tar Heel quarterback. He's going to be uh, hopping on Creek. in the 2 o'clock hour. Yes, Charlotte's very own. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we got a big one for you today on Wesson Walker. We want to hear from you. 704-570-9610. Let's open up the doors and get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. this game last night kansas city they fall to the detroit lions 21 to 20 in what was a weird game and a pretty bad one for the kansas city wide receivers sky Moore was pretty awful in this one and it doesn't compare to the performance that Kadarius tony put out there i don't know if anybody saw but Kadarius tony deleted his twitter x account after all the shade he was catching because of his three drops, I think maybe even four, and the drop that turned into a pick six, which would eventually help Detroit win this game in Arrowhead, where the Lions fans showed out. Jared Goff had 250 yards, one touchdown. Pat Mahomes, I thought Pat Mahomes looked good. The only interception was the football that was in the hands of one Kadarius Tony that was then returned for that pick six. Biggest takeaways for you, Wes, watching Detroit upset, quote-unquote, without Chris Jones, without Travis Kelsey. Still, I think they were the underdog. What did you make of this upset for the Detroit Lions? Uh, it was a great win for them, something to come out and set the tone, no matter if the Kansas City Chiefs were missing two key players, arguably their second and third best players behind Patrick Mahomes. Detroit still went in. Still beat the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, still got a huge road win. A lot of Lions jerseys in that crowd, so they had great support. And they battled through adversity. Detroit had some mistakes, as you would expect, in the first game. They battled through that and were able to come back to me and get a win that's definitely going to propel this team from a confidence standpoint going forward. And so uh, it was an enjoyable game. And when you look at Kansas City, I think the biggest thing you look at was, yes, they missed Chris Jones, but they only gave up 21 points. And I think for anybody, if you tell them, okay, you're going into a game with Patrick Mahomes and you're only going to score 21 points, you probably feel like you're going to lose and probably badly. 
But I think the biggest thing was offensively, like you said, those guys just weren't showing up. They missed on Valdez-Scantling. I'm sorry. He's just not what they thought he was going to be when they brought oh, him he over was their, from Green Bay. He and Rice were their best ones yesterday, yeah, That's too. what I'm saying. And then, uh, <laughs> but Rasheed Rice, I mean, you like a little bit of what you saw there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the drops, Kadarius, Tony. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was putting balls on the money for these guys, especially when they needed it. But they just were not making the play. So, all in all, just took from it. Nice win from Detroit. First game. For all, we'll see where it goes from here. I mean, if you go back to two years ago, Kansas City loses Tyreek Hill, one of the best wide receivers in all of the NFL, and that was enough for some people to say Kansas City just isn't going to have it this upcoming season. Eventually, they would end up winning the Super Bowl. But you can only lose so much and just brush it off your shoulder and be fine. The fact that you don't have Travis Kelsey, and I said this yesterday, the fact that you don't have Juju. I know people like to clown him, go ahead and dance on TikTok. He's not a real wide receiver. He's not a real number one. But if somebody goes down, you can depend on him to extend drives. He was very good at picking up first downs in short yardage situations. Somebody that you could depend on. And you don't even have Juju. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was your best receiver alongside a Rice, who was a rookie coming in here. Can't depend on Tony dropping everything. Sky Moore, a lot of people were high on coming I'm in. I'm glad this year. I didn't draft him. Well, I mean, well, maybe for game one, but yeah, he did nothing. Well, I started Sky Moore in one of the leagues, and oh. so it's not off to a great start for your boy. <laughs> yes, not. Would off. you get a point? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. He didn't have a catch, so he had one carry for like four yards. So I think oh, I got. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think what I'm looking at. I had like points. Yeah, in fact, Tony and Moore combined had one reception, and I believe the Darius Tony reception was one of those weird, like, basically extended handoffs in the red zone when they tried to drop a play and he didn't score a touchdown. So that's the question. Does Kansas City finally have the limit that they can reach before Pat Mahomes can win it on his own? Because he was it's not like he did anything wrong. He was very good. You're just talking about the receivers who aren't catching the pass. I mean, Kadarius Tony dropped a pass that turned into a touchdown immediately. And then the first drive, the first play of the final drive puts them immediately in field goal range as long as he catches it and then falls down immediately. But he drops that one. So two monster plays, monster mishaps for Kadarius Tony ends up handing the game over to the Detroit Lions. So how are you going to overcome that? I don't know. Mike Evans. That's what a lot of people are throwing out there. Maybe Evans leaves this division a little sooner rather than later here, Wes, because they need some help over there in the receiving group. I was going to ask you, though, to go off the beaten path. Do you enjoy watching your fantasy players when they play? Because you were talking about the Scott Moore deal. Like, do you enjoy watching it? I don't. You're, a, you're asking if I, if I have more anxiety than joy. Yeah, do you them? like watching the, your players play? Oh, I, I think it's probably both, but more so joy. I love watching my fantasy players out there. It's what makes me tune into the the old argument, right? Like, whatever bad team might be playing, if there's a, enough of a stud or somebody that I have on that squad, I'll tune in just because I want to see what my guys I play. hate it. I mean, I'm, I get so anxious about it, especially, too, you can get a feel for how things are going to go because it's sitting there watching Jameer Gibbs last night. It was awful because he wasn't getting the ball much, and then he almost had the touchdown, but he tripped and failed because he would have won that race to the end zone. So I just uh, I just wondered what you thought there. But, yeah, I mean, Mike Evans would be an excellent move. I just don't know why NFL teams, like if I'm the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, why would I want to help them win another Super Bowl? It's like, no, I'd rather hold them and send well, them somewhere on if, else. Yeah, it depends on if the package helps your team. But, no doubt. Right, it right. would have to be a great package, but I'm sitting there like, why would I want to help – 
the Chiefs win another Super Bowl. I said last night, man. I said, I'm sick of the Chiefs. Hey, you were all on them last year. I mean, they're they're really good. I respect the hell out of them. I'm just sick of them. I want San Francisco to go to the Super Bowl and play well, them and beat them. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you want, you know, <laughs> hey, newsflash, Wes wants his favorite team in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. But I'm getting tired what? of the Chiefs, man. That's how it goes. I, man, not me. I love Pat Mahomes. I can see him win constantly. But it'll be fun. I think there's going to be a lot of teams, obviously, in the mix this year. We can go to the text line. AC, he said, KC has less quality wide receivers than the Panthers. And that's saying something. Ooh. I don't know if I disagree. Then they're asking for fantasy advice. I can't give it. You're a really good fantasy player. You might be able to do it. Yeah, I'm so good. I'm so asking, good I started Sky you? Moore last night. <laughs> Son of Swede <laughs> is asking should I drop Kadir Tony? Yeah, I really wanted Sky Moore as well. So I didn't get him and thankfully I didn't. Alright, so uh, what did you think about that text though? Like, do you think Carolina has better wide receivers than Kansas City? <laughs> Right now, I think so, yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes could definitely do a little bit of damage. Nobody stepped up. Carolina has. You know what it reminded me of? What? It reminded me of Clemson. Watching Kansas City, Mm. expecting guys to step up this year. Now, they don't have Pat Mahomes over there in Clemson, right? Not anything like that. But if you you expected Sky more, all right, second year, this is when he shows out. Kadarius Toney, as long as he stays healthy, enough of a blur, enough of a quick mover, to really make cause some damage in the open field. This is when these guys step up, especially you no know, Travis Kelsey. Nowhere else these targets are going to go, and no one stepped up. Just like going against Duke, and you thought, all right, Bo Collins, Antonio Williams, this is it. Some freshmen they got coming in. We're going to see the receivers finally get some separation. Duke's like, oh, please, we're going to man him up and <laughs> lock him down. That's yeah, it. So, and, and Kansas City, I, I think they'll recover from this, but they definitely need too good. Kelsey. Because Kelsey dictates, that's the thing, too. Not only his production, he dictates coverage. So he makes it easier on everybody Correct. else. Yeah, and and, to, and and even Gray was good, right? I mean, nobody's going to be Kelsey, but I thought Gray was good last night. Out of Duke. Duke is a football school. <laughs> I think it's simple as that, as we're talking about them a little bit more. So first Panther Friday of the season. I'm ready for it. Hold on, we got a day. And we we just had to diss real quick, this USA basketball, man. What a disappointment. Okay, is that did you, is that it or I just had to I had to no, throw that in, man. Okay. We're talking about disappointments and that's a big one. It is. They lost to Germany, one thirteen to one eleven. Yeah, it's over. Team Lemonade. USA. They they get uh yeah. FIBA is no longer for them. They're, so they're gonna have to try to reclimate that. Wasn't All in the Olympics. So we just had to get a, a diss in there for Team USA. All right, now it's a Panther Friday. Hit the roar again, Fitty. <laughs> We're bringing you back. We're bringing you back into Carolina Panthers football Friday. I'm excited for this game. It's a division matchup. We all know what it is. We've been talking about it nonstop. Hopefully Brian Burns plays. I think that's the biggest question right now, right? Like if you were in charge of a newspaper and you were in charge of making the headline, what would your headline be, Wes? What's the number one storyline that is going into this game? Not after, not you know, pre- for Carolina. Yeah, for Carolina. Is it Brian Burns or is it Bryce Young no making his first it. start? It's, well, it's, Bryce Young, it's I thought, might. Is the Bryce Young era begins in Charlotte. Wait, which one is no doubt about? Is it Brian Burns or is it Bryce Young? Bryce Young. Okay, Bryce Young is the number one story. And that would be my headline. Okay, so what would yours be, Fitty? Is Brian Burns enough of a story right now to steal that headline or are both trying to share their spot in the spotlight? Like, what do you make of what's going on right now with uh, the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I think I'd go Burns just because of how important he is to that defense without – 
Marquis Hange. You know, they, they, they made some interesting moves on that defensive line in the in training camp. So I, I, I think he would get the number one headline over Bryce Young. I still I think you're right. I think I think we've reached a point where this is all we're talking about. I mean, hell, we talked about it for the first two segments. People were wanting to hear about it on the text line. Some did not. But a lot of people did because they were throwing in their two cents on a storyline that is all that is surrounding this Panthers team right now because you're talking about what? The second most important player? At least top three. He's certainly up there, and he might not play. After we had all of this good news come into the organization this offseason, and now it seems like, okay, 0-3 in the preseason. Bryce gave us a really good performance against Detroit, and then we head into regular season game number one, and you might not have your star edge rusher. It's a problem. So hopefully he plays. Hopefully they get this contract settled. I'll say this. Friday news dump, Panthers, the NFL, they're very good at it. They so, definitely are. We'll see if that deal gets done, man. Even if they're, like, good good things that are happening some for some reason it happens in a friday news dump fashion it's still game day dubs we're gonna go with the official 2023 panthers predictions edition of the game day dubs it's coming up next on wesson walker you're listening to sports radio 92.7 wfnc mcdonald's is not new to chicken so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We kind of fell into a question that I had for the text line, but people rose to the occasion. Okay, this is what I want to know. What is the headline for this upcoming game? Not a recap headline. I want to know what the headline is going into this game. 704-570-9610. I like Naylor. He wrote in, will it be Bryce's day or will he get burned? It's a good one. You encompass a couple of things there. You don't will like it as Bryce much, Wes. Day or will he get burned? Burned, uh, burned. Okay. <laughs> got you. Had to let it register for a second. There you go. It's okay. You got two players uh, mentioned in that headline. So, yeah, feel free to write in any good. of the headlines. I did want to get to a couple of other texts before we move to the game day dubs. Bagel Guy asked you, Wes, if you were that sprinter – who made fun of USA basketball, uh-huh. would you be petty and go after the NBA players about calling themselves world champs? Yeah, he already did that, didn't he? They said he came out it. after they lost the first game that they lost, and he said, I guess that team is the world champs. I, mean, I don't I, know if he said that or somebody put that he would have, but I think he did. For some, But also, it doesn't make any sense to me. I guess why I don't want, I don't know why I, you're dunking on them. And also, <laughs> no, they're not the world champs because they didn't win. Is anybody arguing that? Yeah, I mean, I see what he's saying to an extent, but I just, nah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, lifelong rule hater. Oh, he's got a big game this weekend with the buffs. 
Do you feel like Burns' absence puts more pressure on Bryce Young? What say you, Wes? Do you think this does put more pressure on I don't on think it puts more pressure on Bryce Young. I mean, it's something people are going to bake into the cake. I'm, I'm starting to take that from you, Walker, when you like to say baking it in. You've done that twice now. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I think when you put that into the equation, people are going to say that if Carolina loses, they're going to bring that up as one of the top reasons why. I wonder, so here's my question with Brian Burns. The Atlanta Falcons are going to run the football more than any other NFL team this year, probably. If not, they're going to be, you know, number one, two, or three. It's going to, that's how much they're going to run. They drafted a running back already having a 1,000 yard rusher in his rookie season on the roster. You have a fantastic offensive line. You have a QB you're, you might be a little afraid of. And if you have him throw the football, I can't imagine you're just going to let him sit back in the pocket and then pick apart Carolina's defense. Arthur Smith is a noted run caller, especially with his days in Tennessee. I do wonder if Brian Burns is going to miss a game, is this the one you want him to miss? Because usually you would want Brian Burns, your star pass rusher, to be available for the better passing teams. But if it's Desmond Ritter, and if it's the Atlanta Falcons, who are going to possibly lead the league in rushing attempts, maybe even rushing efficiency, and you might even have a problem a little bit with Brian Burns' ability to stop the run, it's certainly not his forte, then maybe this is the game that you can get by without your second most important player out there. It doesn't do him. Look, you'd much rather have him out there, okay? Like, not going to get it crazy twisted. You don't want him to miss any game. But if you were to choose, maybe it's the Falcons because they're going to run the football as much as any team in the league. Uh, Yeah, that could go into the thinking for sure. And also because it's the first game of the season on the road. So more times than not, Road games to start the season are hard to win. If you don't if you don't win it, nobody's going to really give you a hard time about that. So I think that's a time also that gives you a little bit of leeway if you've got a guy that's holding out. Uh, but you'll need to get him back by the time you play the Saints if you're not able to get him signed by this week and he's not going to play in Atlanta because you don't want to start the season 0-2, yeah. obviously. And, and Bagel Guy, you know, he wrote, so he writes in, Burns is not elite. He will not impact the Atlanta game as much as our lack of wide receivers. Now, you know, some of that is some shade towards Brian Burns, of course, but it's still a legitimate question. What hurts more weapons for Carolina or no Brian Burns? I think especially in this matchup, that's a legitimate question. Burns is going to hurt, but lack of wide receivers against this defense that that might hurt them more. I just... I think Frank Reich and this offense are going to be able to call something more creative. I, I, it's hard for me to get a real grip on what this offense is going to look like until we get through the first quarter of the season. And KC Steve, last one we'll read here. I like how little Derek Brown is being talked about. Could be X factor against the run. 100%. We're, we're not talking about him because Brian Burns has the contract holdout, but we all know how important he is. I would argue, Wes, he might be more important against the Falcons than Brian Burns is. Yeah. If, if you have to stop the run against a team that is wildly effective at it, and you want your best players out there to do that, Derek Brown, if he was missing this, whew, that would be bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't even really thinking about that comparison. I want both players out there, but if I had to choose, man, I think I'd rather have, in this game, I'd rather have Derek Brown out there if one of those two had to miss the contest. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense when you talk about Atlanta and the run and what they like to do. It makes all the sense in the world to be able to do this. And also, 
something to be paying attention to as well. I mean, Chark, we definitely are looking at him as a guy that probably won't play. But Adam Thielen with that ankle, he got downgraded during the week. And so I think that is a huge bit of news. If he's not able to play and Chark is not able to play, that is not a good deal. Well, so Darren Gant did report about an hour ago that Chark, Thielen, and Burns are all out here for practice. Good news on all fronts. And so it does look like there's a, a good possibility DJ Chark will be out there alongside Adam Thielen. And I could see somebody with an injury history like Chark and Thielen being a vet. Those guys having some vet days. No, it was not good to see them not be practicing and be a full participant. But if Darren Gann is saying they're all out here for practice, there's a there's a shot at least. So hopefully those guys can go out there on the football field. All right, let's go to the game day dubs. Who, what, where, when, why? We know the letter has infiltrated the station like no other, especially this show, with it being Wes and Walker. So we thought we'd bring some more dubs to the plate asking a whole bunch of questions every single weekend. Let's start with who, Wes. Who is the most important player this year for Carolina outside Bryce, uh, Bryce Young? This is not this game, by the way. This is going to be the Overall. official 2023 Panthers predictions edition. Okay, so we're getting you set up for the entire year. When it comes to the who, who is the most important player this year for Carolina outside their number one overall? Brian Barnes, uh, no question about it. He's going to be paid like it uh, because if you project out if Bryce Young is the guy, uh, he would get a massive contract and then Brian Burns will be right behind that. You were tied for 25th last season in sacks. He had 12 and a half of those and 17 tackles for loss. So when you talk about uh, order of operation in terms of most important positions, whichever order you want to put them, but definitely pass rusher is in your top three when you talk about football and the most important positions uh, on the field. So this is a guy that's one of the best at it. So I think no question is Brian Burns. I think Brian Burns is second, too, for the entire year. I totally agree with that. I, again, maybe thinking about game one, that is the difference between your two defensive linemen who both are significant this season. But overall, yeah, there's a reason that Brian Burns is at least looking for $30 million and has a very good shot at getting it. And Derek Brown is not going to get $30 million whenever we have this contract dispute again next year. How about that? Let's do it all over again. Let's go to the what, Wes? What are the chances Bryce Young wins Rookie of the Year? And even you could dwindle this down, say what's the chances that he wins that award just within the division with Atlanta having B. John Robinson on the other side? Uh, I think he has decent odds when you talk about the, the totality of the rookies in the NFL because if you think the other quarterbacks in his class are in uh, pretty bad situations when you talk about Richardson and you talk about Stroud, both of those guys are not in advantageous situations. B. John Robinson's got a great O-line. He's got decent skill talent around him to keep the box light, so things are definitely looking up for him. Jameer Gibbs, we got glimpses of what he could do last night, and then also some receivers, whether you talk about Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson. So there are some guys that I think – that have a little bit better situations and opportunities because Bryce Young, again, a lot's going to hinge on this offensive line, the health of his receivers, which we see they're already getting banged up already, but mainly this offensive line. He's still sitting there. When you look at VegasInsider.com, that has an aggregate score from all of the different uh you know, gambling houses, for lack of a better term. He's still sitting there, though, at number two behind B. John Robinson because that's just how much respect people have for him. He's sitting there plus 450 on most boards. 
ahead of the Anthony Richardsons and Jameer Gibbses and guys like that by a substantial margin. So I think he's got a solid shot, especially if that offensive line can hold up for him. Yeah, I think it's very good. I, I have no problem with Bijan being number one. If you wanted a definitive answer, I think he should have the second best odds, which is what Vegas is giving him by a lot of different outlets. So I think that's totally reasonable. Here's the thing. I think it's smart money. If you want to go with Bryce, where you're going to get a better payout. And if you decide to put your money on Bryce Young, you start to look at this NFL schedule for the Carolina Panthers. It's not like they're going against juggernaut defenses. If you look at all the defenses they're going against, even in what is a pretty tough schedule in the first half, more so than it is once you start to get deeper into the NFL season, the Falcons defense is not remarkable. Improved, but not remarkable. New Orleans can be very good, but they're old. We'll see if they start to have a little bit of a dip in production this upcoming season. The Seahawks defense is not what it used to be with the Legion of Boom. And then you start to get past the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins front is very good. Okay, so that one's going to be on the road. Pretty good pretty much all across the board. My Yeah, and especially their front seven. Jalen Ramsey is hurt, so I think that Xavier Howard had a dip in production last year. But Jalen Ramsey being out, that's really going to hurt him. Fangio, defensive coordinator. It's one game. That's going to be a really tough one. But then you're talking about the Texans, the Colts, the Bears. Cowboys are an amazing defense, no doubt about that. That's going to be a real struggle for anybody going against Dallas. Then it's the Titans, Bucks, Saints, Falcons. I just think it's smart money if you wanted to put it on Bryce. Plus, he's a quarterback, number one overall selection. Yeah, I think. In fact, I probably would. If you were to force me to put money down. I might go with Bryce Young, number one overall pick in a division that is going to be weaker than a lot of the other divisions other rookies are playing in and might be a better situation. I have no problem going with Bryce Young this year. So you would pick him over Bijan is what you're saying if you went to the table with the Escrilla. It's a better payout. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I would go with it. Yeah, it's not a bad bet if you wanted him to, to creep through and to be able to uh, be able to get it done. And so I think there's a lot riding on it for him, and especially after we've seen the preseason, just how much will go into that. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's a terrible bet. All right, so let's go to the where portion of the game day dubs. Where are the biggest wild cards on this roster? Widest range of outcomes, as we like to ask this question, because so many different things can happen. Where do you think the biggest wild cards are with Carolina? Uh, I think you have to definitely look back there in that secondary. Um, when you talk about these guys from an analytical standpoint and uh, just what you've seen from them this preseason and different things of that nature, the secondary definitely uh, gave up its share yardage and uh, the completion percentage was fairly high against these guys. But you look at a cat like Dante Jackson, uh, the sitting there coming off having a 55 overall grade, according to PFF last year. Uh, we did see some uh, some nice plays from him in the preseason and a little bit of time we did get to see him. But we'll see if that's going to stick up all year because this is a guy that's been in the league for a while now. Uh, and so you just wonder if he's the player that he's going to be. And maybe at best you might get some flashes or some good plays from this guy. But when you talk about him coming into his sixth season, uh, he has one season over 70 or better. And so that's the biggest wild card to me because I think teams that when you play against Carolina, they're going to target him. And then also just to, to throw an extra one in is, is Von Bell. I think he was brought in to uh, be a guy that – is going to be a leader, which we've already heard that he was. And so we've seen him make some plays when he knocked the ball uh, out of um, uh, big fella Dar Darren Waller's hands in that Giants game. You like the mentality he brings, but this is also a guy that had a 66th grade last year from Pro Football Focus. So 
can he come here uh, and make an impact in this secondary as well? I've got Jeremy Chin is the first one that comes to mind. I have no clue what to expect from him. You're going to have him all over the place. Maybe. How does Averro use him? Having an entirely different coaching staff allows a few players to be here. But Jeremy Chin is number one because we thought he was a wild card with Phil Snow. After the rookie season, I have no clue where he's going to line up. I have no clue how productive he's going to be. I think we can go back to our interview with him a few weeks back in training camp. Even with Chin kind of being frustrated with some of our questioning of it, which I, I get, right? You've had to answer these quite a bit. I think Jeremy is excited about what's to come this year. He seemed to say, I'm going to be in the box a lot more. That's where I can make plays. I think we saw that in the preseason, not be not be afraid to get physical whatsoever, making some big-time solo tackles in the run game behind the line of scrimmage right there at it. I, I am one that is going to give him the benefit of the doubt, even if it's shaky. Like, totally, I agree with that. I just think Avera was a smart guy. I think he's going to use Chin where he should be used, and I think he's here for the challenge. But I do think he's the biggest wild card if we were going to one specific player. That's where I would roll with. And then maybe even some members of the offensive line. Icky, you know, hopefully he can figure it out after the preseason. But I'm going to go right guard before Austin Corbett gets back. As much as I like Chandler Zavala as a draft pick, look, still a rookie. Don't have much continuity. Missed a lot of time because of an injury until you played the last two preseason games. I think a pretty big wild card there, but maybe they run the football a lot more. Maybe Miles Sanders allows him to be better because he's going to be reading the gaps. I, we think he's a better player than Chuba Hubbard. So I think Saval is a little bit of a wild card here too, as it affects the offensive line. Absolutely. You're talking about putting a rookie in there at right guard, and he's going to have his hands full because the way Atlanta's defense lines up, He's going to get a mix of some Grady Jarrett, but uh, also some Calais Campbell in there that he's going to be mixing it up with. And these are two very veteran players. They're going to look at that footage, look at the different things that they see from him during the preseason. This is still a very young, very green rookie out there. So there's no doubt about it that this is a guy that's certainly going to be one to watch for. And uh, he better pack a lunch and have everything in there that he needs because he's going to have a work day ahead of him uh, come Sunday. I'd rather have his lunch compared to everybody else's because of his dad being a celebrity chef. <laughs> the prime rib in, from Mr. Zavala. What a, hell yeah. a hell of a lunch. Hell yeah. Prime rib? I'm not surprised. Chandler's you probably eat like that, though, because you are kind of bougie. So you probably would have prime rib for lunch. I don't take that as an insult. I would absolutely <laughs> eat prime. Yes, you're right. If you're eating prime rib for lunch, you're doing pretty good. You shouldn't feel ashamed of that. Not, not at all. I mean, it is different than the sandwich I made myself when I got home yesterday. It's not quite prime rib, but I would absolutely take prime rib for lunch. Okay. We have a couple more dubs to get to. The win and the why. Let's actually save that for a couple segments down the road for an extended version of the game day dubs. And then let's get to the campus corner because we have a big old storyline surrounding North Carolina football as it stands. Let's go to Fitty for the first Fitty flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? Fitty. Got an updated injury report coming out of today's practice for the Panthers. DJ Chark returned to practice in a limited capacity uh, today after um, 
sustaining that hamstring injury. But he was ruled out for the season, so he will not be able to play on. So he's ruled out officially. Mm-hmm. But right, he did practice today limitedly. Uh, Adam Thielen returned to practice uh, limited uh, today. He is questionable as of right now for Sunday. Terrace Marshall Jr. was a full participant in practice um, and received no injury status for the opener. Um, and then on defense, Sam Franklin Jr. was a full participant and defensive tackle Deshaun Williams uh, was back. Yesterday and today after missing Wednesday with an illness. All right. Big time news as we were just talking about it. With this injury report released, DJ Chark ruled out officially despite being a limited participant. Some good news in the fact that we hope it won't be lingering into week two. But going into week one, as you mentioned, Wes, you gave this scenario. If they go into week one without Chark or Thielen, who's questionable as it stands right now, already a lack of weaponry. TMJ time, huh? You're going to be tough. I'm excited. Like, I, I want them to be out there. I want them to be out there. But Mingo, TMJ, I'm excited for the opportunity they have. But if I had it my way, just I would rather Thielen and Shark play. It would yeah. be nice for Bryce Young to have his full arsenal have out everybody there. Everybody in totality. Against Atlanta. Campus Corner coming up next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walker Show on a football Friday. The texts are rolling in. Keep them coming. 704-570-9610. I got a personal text from Spence who asked why didn't, I guess, the 49ers sign Newt Hopkins says he was begging for him because we didn't need him. He's old and washed up and uh, we'll need DeAndre Hopkins. So, there's your answer, Spence. Did he, did he text your personal number? No, he did not, but oh, okay. I just said, you know, personal message. Oh, he gotcha. my name leading it all. I don't know if you were giving your phone number out there like that. No, <laughs> no, no doubt about Spence it. Spence got it. No doubt about it. And so, uh, also, we have the 704 number asking, why aren't we talking about LaVisca Chenault and the new Kansas City wide receiver uh, that Carolina picked up as well. So we'll get to that, and maybe we can uh, get that in as we preview Carolina and Atlanta. But for now, it's time to go to the campus. Kona! Bad news for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Mac Brown ripped the NCAA on Thursday after receiving word that receiver Tez Walker will be ineligible to play this season, saying the NCAA has failed Walker and his family. Brown said it makes no sense and it never will, quote, unquote. Walker and North Carolina have spent months appealing the NCAA's initial decision to reject his waiver to play in 2023 as a two-time transfer on multiple grounds. Mental health challenges he has experienced. 
leading to his decision to transfer closer to home and that he never played at his first school, North Carolina Central, because his season was canceled as a result of the pandemic. His two previous schools, North Carolina Central and Kent State, filed waivers in support of Tez Walker playing this year. So, I mean, does the NCAA just really have a, I can't use the term I would want to use, but just have a severe lust to want to ruin a young man's uh, season and, and, and set back his career. After you get support from both schools, you see that the young man wanted to be closer to his grandmother who is sick. This is verified. But yet and still they say, no, you can't play and all the evidence is right there. It's ridiculous. I can't make anything of this. And I'm sad for this kid. Yeah, I mean, it's really unfortunate with the rules coming in after Tez Walker decided to make this move to transfer to North Carolina to be closer to family because of some of those personal reasons. And now you're talking about Tez Walker not being able to play in week one and all of us being in this limbo. North Carolina gets past that. Drake Meg is wearing the Tez Walker jersey. We get too close to their week two game and the NCAA ruling comes down and says, nope, Tez Walker not allowed to play. And you talk about a strongly worded statement from Mac Brown, the, the PR statement, the statement from the head coach of North Carolina saying shame on you NCAA all caps he went all caps on him at the end shame on you can't make any sense of it yeah it's a real problem and you hate to see it Fiddy I know you guys were talking about this you wouldn't flounder HTB underscore Josh and HTB underscore Anthony, I believe, is what its Twitter handle is. So what do you have for us on this, too? What were you guys talking about with some of the main takeaways? You know, like, here's the thing. The NCAA, once again, has, has failed kid, uh, failed a kid like they've done for its entire existence as an organization. But this needs to be a rallying cry for North Carolina. This needs to be a motivation factor where you got a, a player, a teammate, a brother, if you will, that's being, that's being screwed out of play. Um, and here's the thing, like it, it, it sucks for him individually, but Carolina proved last week they can win big games without him. Um, and, and so, you know, I hate it for him individually. This, this needs to be something that they rally behind and maybe this motivates them on a weekend, week out basis. But uh, they've already proven that they they're capable of, of finding guys to step up and make plays in his absence. So, yeah, man, Carolina's going to have to find guys to be able to step up. They were able to do so in the first game with Kobe, Pesor, John Copenhaven, each scoring touchdowns in that game. So they'll need him, Kamari Morales, Gavin Blackwell, J.J. Jones, all of these guys to be able to step up. J.J. Jones was definitely a guy that I thought was going to have a big game in his absence. Only had two catches for 24 yards. So as the world turns, Carolina's got App State uh, this weekend, 515 on the ACC Network. We shall see how everything turns out there. And, man, when you talk about having a big impact, it doesn't get any bigger than Colorado. We are a Charlotte sports show, and they're pretty much going to be in our daily, weekly college football breakdowns. And Coach Spurrier has said even on the eve of Texas and Alabama playing tomorrow, he said that is not the biggest game in the country. And he said, I, and quote, I think Rick Neuheisel said it. He said, who would have ever thunk that the second week of hmm. the season – Boulder, Colorado is going to be the center of college football when they play Nebraska. He said, I know a lot of people think Alabama and Texas is big, but to me, I think Colorado and Nebraska is the biggest game in the nation this week. He said this on the Paul Feinbaum show and said that he is all aboard the coach prime 
hype train and is enamored with Deion Sanders and his brand new roster and what they've already accomplished. And to add on to that, the Colorado Buffaloes are attracting more bets than NFL games. Sportsbook operator BetMGM reported Friday that Colorado Nebraska had attracted more bets than every remaining NFL game in week one. A rarity, according to bookmakers, especially for a matchup that didn't look attractive before the year. The bulk of the betting action, upwards of 90%, is on the Buffaloes. They are a consensus two-and-a-half-point home favorite over Nebraska. And at one point, that line was nine points in favor of the Nebraska Cornhuskers winning that game. So what do you just think about the impact Colorado's had, what Coach Spurrier said? Is this the biggest game of the weekend when you talk about Colorado and Nebraska? I mean, I don't think so for meaningful games down the line. If we're going to talk about when we discuss college fo- football playoff implications. Right, but this week as far as being bigger than Alabama, Texas. Well, right. If we're talking about just long you know, season-ending implications with each game carrying a lot of significance, especially for teams that are trying to reach the top four. Alabama, you might be down on them. They're still trying to reach the top four this year. I think that Alabama-Texas game still is more supreme. If you're talking about what's going to be more popular, you went through some of the numbers as far as where the money is coming in. We're talking about a lot of Colorado-Nebraska. It's a little bit skewed here in Charlotte because we all want to see Matt Rule fail. I think that's why we're talking more so here. I don't know if Indiana is talking about this game nearly as much, maybe being in Big Ten country with Nebraska, whatever. But you get the idea. Like, I, I don't know how much other markets are. I, they probably are a little bit, though. And so, yeah, if you're just talking about what is the most interesting story right now, Alabama is trying to figure out their QB after Bryce Young. Colorado bringing in a dude that's playing both sides of the ball, a guy that is Deion's son that threw 500 yards. I think entertainment value, I think popularity, it probably is Colorado and Nebraska on a national scale. And Fiddy, we are up against the break, but what say you uh, about all this and the impact Colorado football's had? You know, look, I, I, I love what Prime is doing at Colorado. I'll be tuned in tomorrow and hope he beats Matt Rule's ass. It's not the biggest game of the weekend, though, because Alabama and Texas has playoff implications on the line. Steve Sarkeesian is still really seeking that first signature win as Texas's head coach. And this is their final year in the Big 12 before they go join the SEC, where they'll see Bama yeah. more often moving forward. So, you know, I, it may be a more entertaining game because of the way Colorado plays, but it's not... If if you're a college football fan, you're gearing up for Texas, Alabama, not Colorado, Nebraska. Uh, I will say, though, if I had to pick, if I could only watch one of those games, what I would want to watch on Saturday, that's pretty tough. But I probably would go with Colorado because I want to see how they follow up that big win against TCU. But when we come back on the Weston Walker Show, we're going to get into some more Carolina Panthers predictions as we head into week one against Atlanta on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.